as I go on in the business, I realize that nobody is for everybody because if you're for everybody, then you're probably for nobody. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Doug Gavoni of Success Real Estate, a real estate professional. Hey, Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate being here. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about that I find fascinating with your practice is the use of humor. Can you talk about the use of humor in engaging your sphere or your potential clients? Okay, so I am big on authenticity. And I grew up in a world where you know, nobody really thought about business or things like this. It was, you go to work, you get your check and you know, that's the ball game. And for a long time growing up, you know, I kind of played the game, you know, I would work at a 40 hour job and, you know, yes, sir, no, sir. Um, follow the rules, which is fine. We need rules. You can't be a complete renegade, but I realized I was just not being my authentic self. And if, as I got further into the sales game, I realized that if you're not your authentic self, then nobody's going to buy what you're selling. They're just going to think you're another guy who's full of it. And that's really the long and short of it. So I just started introducing more of myself. Um, I'm very lucky in the fact that I've always been a pretty popular guy and really my personality in a lot of situations in life is the only thing that's gotten me over with people. So it was just a natural evolution between, you know, I can't take pretending to be who I'm not and, oh my God, this actually works. Um, I struggled with it for a long time because I realized that I'm not for everybody. But as I go on in the business, I realized that nobody is for everybody because if you're for everybody, then you're probably for nobody. You know, it's, it's an act. Nobody's for everybody. And as you go on, and I mean, I'm in this kind of veteran status, which I never saw for myself at this point. This is technically my 14th year in the business. Wow. Congratulations. I, thank you. I appreciate it. But, and that's something, you know, I never saw coming. Um, but it's, it's a situation where I realize if I go on a listing appointment, I usually get them. My, my batting average is really, really good when it comes to actually getting a contract signed. But if I don't, it's obvious why. And I'm okay with not dealing with somebody that I don't want to deal with. If somebody's a jerk, then I'm sure there's a jerk realtor out there that will be perfect for them. And I can sleep at night dealing with that. Isn't that amazing? And, and so, so appropriate because you want to be working with quote, like-minded people, but how do you find like-minded people if you're not acting like yourself? Right. That's exactly it. So I put the, the beacon out and, you know, people, people come to you who are of like-mindedness. So a couple of years ago, you know, that meme with the guy with the coffee and he's got the table with the banner and they, they write the band, you know, whatever yes. the messages on the banner. I did a meme of that and I put my head on the guy's body and I wrote, you should list with Doug Gavoni 
just total throwaway. Yeah. Five minutes later, get a phone call. Hey, love your stuff. Want you to list my multifamily in Medford, you know, and it was one of the most profitable listings I had had up to that point. But it was just because I posted this innocuous meme and five minutes later, the phone rings. Your, your people come to you. And, and that's, yeah, that's basically it. Your people come to you. But you have to put it out there. Yes. Right? Tell me about the courage it takes to put it out there. It takes a lot, especially now. I mean, we're, we're in a world where, I hate to say it because it sounds negative, but we're in a world with the internet, with social media that skews negative. So you're really putting yourself out there for destruction at some point, like whether it be, hey, I really like this guy. And then later on down the line, they say, all right, enough. <laughs> or, or you'll just see those people who it's not going to appeal to, but you can't live like that. You got to do what you do. Um, another thing is recognizing the market. If I come out there and say, oh, hashtag love my job, hashtag open floor plan. And, and no offense to anybody who does that, because there's a lot of people who actually do love their job. But it's everybody, you know, it's everybody. And you can't be everybody and make an impact. You got to go outside. No, you have to. Exactly. And, and I would rather go outside and fail, stay inside and succeed. Well, let's talk about advising someone who is funny, who has a great personality, who's not putting it out there, though. They're not showing their true self. How do you give them advice or share experiences with them to allow them the beauty of it all, right? Because it becomes abundance at that point. It becomes, I'm putting myself out there to find people who like me, you know, not that I'm necessarily like, but who like what I'm doing because I'm who I am. And those people who struggle with that saying, I'm supposed to put this out there. I'm supposed to put this out there. It wouldn't be professional if I was running down a sidewalk for a mile and a half panting to the house, right? What do you say? So I've had two, I don't want to say watershed moments because one's a quote that I read before and one is a moment that I had in life that I like to share with people and I feel like it gives them some confidence. I am not ashamed to say that since I was a boy up until now, I am a tremendous fan of professional wrestling. I think it's one of the best art forms there is. Yes, I know it's fake. I also know that Arnold Schwarzenegger is not really killing people in movies. It's a form of entertainment. What I love about it is this. Vince McMahon, who is a personal hero of mine, is a billionaire who packs six figures, over 100,000 people into a stadium to watch people fake fight. And he had a quote once that blew my mind. It was, find out what you are and be more of it. And that hit me so funny. And, and I thought to myself, yeah, okay, that applies to me. But if I'm gonna reach out to somebody, and I've said it to people in the company, you know, at Success Real Estate and trainings, things like that. I said, hey, look, you can't go out there and do what I do because you're not me and I can't do what you do because it would be unauthentic. So what you have to do is find your voice, which is the hardest part, but once you find it, you gotta run with it. So that brings me to the other point, which is this. As a young man, as a teenager, um, 
I grew up around these parts in Silver Lake. Um, I was not a troublemaking kid. Like I was class president, but you know, I, in the wrong hands, I probably would have been a wayward youth. And I was very lucky. I had a guy named Don Croto who took me on and he served as a mentor. And he was a, a real father figure to me when, to tell you the truth, I could have really used it. And um, he, he got me on my feet. He was a business owner. He came from nothing. He came from the ghetto. He'd been shot as a teenager and hell of a story. Anyway, built himself up, became a millionaire. I, you know, had the big house on the big side of town, the whole thing. Taught me a lot of lessons. And then I lost touch with him for a while. So I catch up with him when I'm an adult. I see him as I'm going back to my 40 hour a week job, uh, working at Verizon, had my benefits, didn't like it, had to stay in line. And um, he said, where are you going? I said, I'm going back to work, talk about work. And he said, why, why are you there? Because I had mentioned real estate. He said, why don't you just do real estate? And I said, well, you know, it's safe here. He goes, you know, he goes, no matter what you do in life, no matter how hard you fail, no matter how hard you eat it, no matter if you go bankrupt, they don't take you out back and shoot you in the head. And I'd never thought about it like that. And that one sentence blew my mind. I'm like, oh my God, I can fail. I can eat it and I can rebound. So why not try? And that's something that I relate to people. No matter what you do, if you put yourself out there and you look like a fool, who cares? Especially now, nobody remembers anything that happened five minutes ago. So just go do it. Go be you, don't be scared. Cause nobody cares anyway. It's great advice. It's great advice because nobody cares anyway. That's really what's holding them back, right? They're like, mm -hmm. well, what will Susie say? Or what will Bill say? Bill's going to bust my stones. I mean, <laughs> right. you know how many people were like, oh, you know, when I first started doing YouTube videos, weekend videos, oh, movie star. And I'm like, watched it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's it. You know, I always say, I always call it the gym theory, which is, everyone's who hasn't worked out or isn't in the regular routine. I don't wanna to go to the gym. I don't feel like I look right. Everyone's gonna be looking at me. Nobody's looking at you. They're looking at themselves and they're wondering if you're looking at them. So who cares? Just go. The first way to start is to start, right? What about, what about, um, cause you're a studio guy, right? You're doing a lot of your own editing. You're super Everything. creative folks you know uh if you haven't seen any of doug gavoni's stuff on facebook or or youtube or the stuff he's doing for his company success real estate for their advertising campaigns you really have to see it and we'll put a few links down here in the the show notes but do you ever get analysis paralysis where you're looking at it and you're and you're uh, it's not quite right yes yes I mean, and I've wasted a lot of time. You know, you have a vision sometimes and there's a lot of moving parts. I have put together videos that took me days. And at the end, I look at it and I throw it away. And I'm like, this is, this is trash. But, you know, as they say, you win or you learn. And it's like, well, I tried to do this thing that I hadn't done before. And though the final product wasn't what I thought it would be, I picked up a skill, you know, so, so there's always these little nuggets, but I mean, analysis paralysis, absolutely. Because to me, I mean, still with stuff that I put out there, um, I did a mission impossible spoof for the Marshfield drive-in 
for success real estate last year. And, um, you know, people loved it. You go to the drive in, everyone's laughing out loud. And, you know, I'm sitting out in the crowd and I'm picking out a couple glitches. You know, I am a perfectionist, which is my Achilles heel when it comes to this stuff. But I think that's probably the charm though. It's, it's a little goofball. Um, so sometimes, you know, it's, it's an Adam Sandler movie and maybe I wanted it to be a Stanley Kubrick movie, but if the end result attains, you know, what, what I, what I was gunning for, that's something I'm trying to come to grips with. It's like, all right, it's doing the job. Maybe it's not what I want, but it does the job for the people who are seeing. Here, here's my quote for you. Spiros, you've seen him on our face, our real estate uh, exclusive Facebook page. Yes. Um, done is better than perfect. Oh, that's a good one. Isn't it? That's a great one. Done wow. is better than perfect. So you just got to get, you got to get it out there because like you said, people, they don't care. Like maybe they're watching a part of it. Maybe they're, but they're not analyzing it to see if the two scenes that we had to take at the same time, if the, if the car was parked in the same spot, both yeah. times, did it, did it go in and out of the scene? Right. They're not, they're just not. Exactly. exactly. So that is, no, I bet you hit it on the head. Done is better than perfect. Wow. You just changed so, my life. That's good job. So your mentor convinced you to leave the the rat race, if you will, the, yes. the wheel, right? Um, go to work, don't complain, get a pension, retire, die. What keeps you doing real estate? The fear of going back to that cycle. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, that used to be it. And, um, you know, what keeps me doing this is the fact that before real estate, before going full-time into real estate, because I got into this a week before the market crashed. Oh. A week before. And I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I had no idea what I was doing when I came in, as a lot of people don't, but I mean, I really had no idea. I was working at Corcoran Brokerage in Milton. Um, RIP Corcoran Brokerage. Um, but I was working there and somebody came in and said, well, the market crashed. And I piped up and said, well, I'm a really good salesman. And everyone's like, no, 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 dumb, dumb. That's not how it works. And they, they explained it to me. So I did real estate and was working regular jobs at the same time in that, you know, 08 to 2011 span. So I was living a double life. Um, on one hand, I have my band, which I've, I've had forever at this point. Um, so we're playing shows every weekend. I'm a stand-up comic. I'm out there at the clubs and, and on the other side, I'm working these regular jobs, dress shirt, tie, dress code, name tag, punch the clock. So on one extreme, I am being insane, renegade, Doug Gaboni, stay up all night. And on the other, I am chained, I am confined and I'm under the thumb of everybody my life is now merged into where it's this thing where I'm an independent contractor and I'm very serious about my business. And that's always something that I feel the need to put forward. Cause I can see where people would think I'm just some, you know, party guy and whatever. I mean, I recognize the enormity of a real estate transaction and that will never be lost on me. But the fact that I can now work. That's probably where you close those listings too, by the way. Cause it's like, we got to, we got to just see if he's just a joke or maybe he's the class clown. Oh, right. oh, 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 mm -hmm. he's really good. And 
he's going to be entertaining to work with and make it smooth and fun and enjoyable instead of painful. Awesome. Right. Keep going. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's what it is. So, I mean, I get to be this independent contractor. I get to have this personality, which is me and I get to meld them into one career. Um, and that, that, that's a gift. You know, that's, I'm a very lucky person to have had done that. And I wish I could say it was a master plan, but it wasn't. I mean, it was a case of a guy who can't help but perform and be that person. And a guy who just couldn't fall in line and be part of the chain. And I feel like there's a zillion people like me out there who don't find their way to this position. So I'm very humbled by the fact that I, I find myself here. And that humility, I think, is what propels me, you know, to, to keep going, to, to do better. I never take this job for granted because I know it can disappear tomorrow. And with today's market, who knows what the future holds? <laughs> so, you know, I'm just kind of taking every transaction and every buyer, every seller and letting them know, hey, we're in a weird time, but you're going to get my all and I'm going to get you through this. So to timestamp this, folks, depending on when you're listening to this, it's June 22nd, 2021. And it is probably the weirdest time that I can remember, Doug. And I was there during the time where you entered the market. Are we talking, what are we talking? September 08, was it the Lehman Brothers bankruptcy that you feel as though was the, the, the breaking point? I actually, I got in at the very beginning of 2008. And then, so, so for the rapid descent, all the way to Lehman Brothers being that bottom point. So where I stand there and, you know, I have no idea what's going on. And, and honestly, it was probably the best for my psyche that I was completely ignorant. So, so what was it? It was Bear Stearns in March. Welcome to the spring market, Doug. Bear Stearns, one of the <laughs> oldest institutional banks is going out of business. Well, it's going to get better in the summer, right? Lehman Brothers bankruptcy and just pure blood in the streets for three years. Mm-hmm. What did you do in real estate during that time? Did you kind of step out away from it a little bit or did you get into some of the distressed transactions? I was, I was 100% foreclosures and I think it had to do with my age at the time. You know, I was in my late twenties and anyone I knew who was in a position to buy a house, you know, was about my age. So time frame wise, it worked out really well. Houses were cheap. You know, my peers had a little bit of money. So, um, you know, they were able to go into these distressed properties, but I mean, we would see, I saw every foreclosure from south of Boston to, to the Cape, I feel like. Myself, I ended up buying in 2010, I saw 80 houses myself. And just some of the things that you would see in that time period was, was amazing. I mean, whether it be a raccoon, whether it be a family squatting, it was weird. It was very strange, but that's, you know, like I said, I had other jobs at the time, but I mean, I, I got through, I had enough sales to kind of keep myself afloat in the business. Um, just, just dealing with foreclosure strictly because, yeah, I mean, you know how, when you come in the business, you know, I, it's usually buyer's agency anyway. And yeah. I really didn't have the gravitas, if you will, to walk into a seller's house and say, Hey, yeah, list. Uh, I know your house is worth half what it was worth uh, three years ago, but you should totally list. Well, it wasn't even a time that you wanted listings back then, right? That's, that's what I mean. Why bother? You know, it's, it's, um, but yeah, it worked out. It worked out well. So it was the hard road, and then when things got normal, 
I was, I hit the ground running. And that's when the branding started? Yes, absolutely. So um, I had a t-shirt company back in the days of MySpace. Look out now. <laughs> and, um, and I remember that being my first foray into, you know, hey, I can do a funny little video or a funny little picture. Um, a lot of it was text. Um, the aforementioned band, I would do a lot of uh, video ads for that when Facebook first started kicking. And, you know, we get a lot of laughs out of that. And I said, you know, maybe, you know, I can take the fun and throw it into the real business here. So let's, let's see what's happening. And here we are. Very cool. So you actually tested the waters with a safer water, if you will, right? With the yeah, band. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was conscious, but right. yeah. But if, it, but if it works here, why wouldn't it work here? Exactly. In a personality-driven business, which, I mean, real estate is. Um, you know, I think, like I said, it comes down to standing out. And it's not just a real estate thing. I mean, we already went over it. It's, there's so much noise. You got to do something. And you got to swing big. So, um, and I, I'm talking all this right now. And I want to I say this for anybody that follows any links, checks my stuff out. Um, as a quick aside, uh, so if you'll indulge me, Mark, um, yes. I haven't done a lot of video over the pandemic. Um, you know, I've put some stuff out there for listings, but I just felt like it was a really serious time and I didn't want to look like I had a laissez-faire attitude when a lot of people were going through a lot of stuff. Um, so, you know, kind of as we get back to normal here, you're going to see some more stuff that'll make you laugh in the future because anyone who follows these links will say, well, what happened to this guy over the last year and a half? So the answer is pandemic. There you go. But more well, stuff's coming. Well, I think that's going to be a, an answer to a lot of people and a lot of letters um, and a lot of, um, a lot of conversations like, you know, Hey, um, so it's time to sell your house. You got some equity, but you're not making payments or you're struggling to make payments, or you're on a wheel that the wheel fell off the spoke and there's no wheel anymore, but you've got equity. You know, let's do this. Let's get you into the right spot that is comfortable for you. Are you ready to start having those conversations with people? I mean, I think in some cases, you know, we, we have to. Um, so it's not much of a choice. If somebody wants to have that conversation, you know, I will absolutely have that conversation. I mean, if you're in a spot right now in life, and I think a lot of this comes down to the stage in life that you're at, but if you're in a spot right now where downsizing is the answer, then there is no better time than right now because I don't know how much longer this seller's market can hold up like this. And we need inventory. I mean, that's, that's the thing. And that's the thing that's driving our current level of insanity is the fact that nobody has anywhere to go. So help me find those people with the appropriate message, because I think there are a lot of people out there and I think it's incumbent on the real estate professional space to find them to say, hey, you know, I'm not simply saying this is the best time to make as much money as you can. Mm -hmm. This is the best time to get you where it's comfortable for you, where you're not worried anymore. You're not stressed out. You know, maybe someone just graduated high school and you don't need as many bedrooms and you can cash in on that and then go to a place that's 
that's more comfortable, right-sizing, right? Not even using the term downsizing, but- Yeah, that's a good but, point. But right-sizing, you know, how do we get to them to say, hey, we're here and we want to help because it doesn't get better, right? It mm -hmm. doesn't get better the longer you wait, typically in those scenarios. And I think there's a lot of people out there who, you know, COVID affected really, really badly and, and employment-wise and mentally that it's going to be really challenging for them to get back up, dust off, and keep going. Right. And I think, I think the mental piece of it is that that's the big obstacle. And, and it's not even, I mean, obviously, and I'm not going to belittle anybody who, you know, is really, whatever degree of stress or, you know, kind of strife you're going through, you know, it's, it's yours and it's real. Um, you know, my, my thing is just getting people the courage to put their place out there, just because where am I going to go next? That's the question. That's, that's the question. The one thing, I mean, you can get $700,000 for the house that you paid $300,000 for, like that should be a no brainer. If there was some way to put out a universal message, which is, Hey, you know, let's all do this. We just need one brave band of pioneers to kind of kickstart this thing. Um, you know, I wish there was that, but really what it comes down to is just, you know, boots on the ground. And I think realtors right now, we all have our database and we like to send our automated emails every month, blah, blah, blah. Call somebody and ask them how they're doing. Right. Say, Hey, guess what? Oh, we can, we can go somewhere now. You want to grab a beer? You want to grab lunch? Like, I think it's real estate, the real estate piece is something, but I think it's also a piece to just getting us all back together and back to normal. That's the important thing is we all just need to get together again. And I think maybe we just need some patience. Like this is gonna hopefully solve itself. And you know, we'll, we'll see a market with the stuff available and we can kind of get the gears moving again. But my fear is this, in the time between now and then, what happens? because it's, it's still out of control. It's not leveling off. Well, you know, it's a great question. And I like to refer to it as a melt up in certain areas, a melt up, a 2003, 2004, because we haven't even started to see the loan products. You know, everyone's like, it's different. It's not gonna, it's not gonna blow up because there wasn't these loan products yet. Yet, I mean, history will repeat itself. It always does. They're already talking about new FHA products and um, they're going to um, minimize. So, so this is what I just read in the Wall Street Journal, again, June 22nd. So it was probably this weekend's journal. Um, FHA is going to lower, uh, or not FHA, I think it's even Fannie. Fannie and Freddie are going to lower that, that the way they look at student debt. So these poor young folks who are coming out of school with $280,000 in debt and a piece of paper that mm, probably isn't worth that, um, they are now going to have the ability to buy. So on top of that 280 that they don't want to pay back, now they're going to buy a condo in Dorchester in a, in a melting up marketplace, and they're going to be saddled with some serious, serious debt that they're going to sit back and say, how could you let this happen to me? 
And, you know, that's going to take years to come together, just like it did the last time. And Wall Street will get involved and, you know, it'll come out as non-QM and then the private financing and this and that. And people will start getting taken advantage of and there'll be fraud and all that stuff. But certain marketplaces are going to be bulletproof, bulletproof, because there'll always be somebody who's going to want to go where they want to go as opposed to where they need to go. Right. So, you know, around here, there's, you know, the obvious, the Cohassets, the Situate, the Hingham, the Marshfield, the Kingston's, the um, Plymouth's, these, these are markets people are going to want to, to live. So, but what happens to that next level of area, right? Those first liners, if you will, who are being mm -hmm. automated by software and, and or it being automated and, their jobs just aren't there anymore. Well, I mean, I'm sure that philosophy degree is going to get a lot of people through, uh, you know, the, the right. tough times <laughs> right. that they pay a quarter million dollars for. But that's that is that is kind of a scary proposition where you know you, you'll have the student loans coupled with a mortgage. But like you said, I mean, bulletproof markets. I mean, South Shore, Massachusetts. You know, you said Kingston. Kingston, the expansion that's going on is crazy. Like they're throwing up these condo complexes at you know any, you know uh, any defunct mall that they can find. I mean, we're getting towards dorm living at this point, which is a very interesting social experiment. But the the demand for houses around here, I think, is causing very haphazard building. So um, that that's a, a historical repeat also yeah right? so people are like no 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 there's too much equity too much equity now which is why i say to you and get up on the soapbox how do you find these folks that can capture some of that equity right because what eventually will happen you know forbearance it's adds up a lot of people think it's forgiven but it's it's not <laughs> and they start to lose some of that the worst thing that can happen though is that there's an aggressive bank that says, I'll beat you there. I'll beat you to the equity because you're not paying so I can go get you. They need to know, they need to know that they can reach out to Doug Gavoni and Doug Gavoni is gonna have that empathetic conversation with him and say, yeah, we can, we can do this. We can help you. We can help you. And, there, and what Spiros taught us a lot was the fact that you know, a lot of the people who are in those situations would rather call those bandit signs than they would call you know doug gavoni who they know mm -hmm. they're embarrassed so well, they're embarrassed and it's also people society nowadays we're not known for taking the hard road um if somebody sees a sign that says hey uh you have an ugly house uh let me come buy it and you don't have to think you know people are more apt to do that in a world where we're one screen touch away from getting whatever we want whenever we want so I think there's that. I always tend, and I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but I always tend to look from a macro at the entire, the entire landscape. When really what I should be doing and what I intend upon doing, which is kind of the next round of marketing material I had um, referred to earlier, all I can do is what I can do, which is get the message out the way that I can and the way that certain people pick up on it. All I can do is worry about the welfare of those certain people who are on that same wavelength that I am and get the message that I'm putting out there. 
And then all you can do for the macro is hope that that's contagious, is hope that people see that there's a change happening. So you can only do your little bit, you know what I mean? Your, your boots on the ground, just reach out to your people, you know, get your advertisements out there and just get the message out the best way that you can. Because honestly, every house that's on the market makes a difference right now. I mean, I mean, without naming names, of course, I'm in a situation right now where I have somebody who's looking only in Kingston between five and 700,000. There's been five houses in the last two months. Wow. Like, what, what, what do you do with that? So it's, yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting time, but yeah, like I said, you can only do what you can do. Try not to get overwhelmed by the big picture and just get your message out the way that you can get your authentic message out. That's all you can do. And of course, just call your database and ask them how they are. Right. Let's practice socializing. We haven't done it in a while. I know, I know. And you know, it's funny. Uh, I was just walking through Studio B and Thomas has got the audio room almost completely set up. So we're going to start doing these face-to-face again instead of nice. um, through Zoom. So so we'll get you back on. Uh, Doug, the most important question of them all, you know, mm-hmm. and I know you're an entertainer. So this is an easy one for you. I've actually been in the same room with you uh, just masterfully owning karaoke. <laughs> what is your go-to? If I had to pick one, I go These Eyes by the Guess Who. Ooh, give me a, give me a, give me a tune. Give me a little bit of it. Oh, I don't know if I could do that right now. Try. These eyes cry every night for you. And then the chorus, when the chorus hits, was it? How's it going on home? The hurtings on me. I can never be free now. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. So these eyes are crying. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they never seen another love, a love like I had with you. Oh, it's wow. Like I got the words in front of me. I got the words in front of me. That's how Dude, it is. that was awesome. So you're the first to be able to do that on the podcast, by the way. <laughs> to be, be able to is probably a loose. Well, to, 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 to be willing to. How about that? Be willing. Yes, I'll go with willing. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. No, that was awesome, and I can't wait to uh, do some karaoke with you again. But really, truly, most important question: How do folks get in touch with you if they wanna if they wanna talk to you and do some business with you? Well, I tell you what, I'm an easy guy to find. Um, the phone number. I like talking on the phone. I'm old school. Call me crazy. Seven eight one four two four eight eight two four. But if you wanna find me on the social medias, uh, just look up Doug Gavoni re. Uh, or, you know, Doug Gavoni Real Estate will bring you to everything you need to see. Um, if you need to know more than just the, uh, the fun, uh, glad handling man that you see on these videos, just Google Doug Gavoni Zillow Reviews and you'll see that uh, I'm really good at what I do. So that's that. So, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. One of the questions that I've been using lately is um, if someone were to write a review about you, what would that review say? The review of Doug Gavoni would say he cared. He was detail-oriented and he made it easy. That's my thing. That's my guarantee I always make everybody. At the end of every listing presentation, I say, look, my job is to make this as easy as possible because this is hard. This is a big move in your life. And like I said earlier, I abuse the phrase, but I feel like it captures it. I respect the enormity of what I'm doing. So what I say to them is this, I want to make it easy. I'll take care of the details. 
and make sure you get the most money or make sure that you get the house you want. But my reward is not the commission. The commission is going to take care of itself. If I do the job, I will be paid. And that's that. My true payment when I've done the job correctly is when I see you at the supermarket a month from the closing and you're settled in at your new house and you don't want to punch me in the face. That's when I know I've done the job. Like I want to be seen in public and say, hey, there's Doug. He helped me. It's not about the money. And, and just to extrapolate on it, as a young man who grew up in a single parent household, I was always taught, or not taught, but you absorbed the concept that money is what matters. And then you get to a certain level of success and a certain level of dealing with people and you realize that no, that's not it. You have to do the job. You have to take care of people. That's when you get the reward. Money is not the motivator. Being a good person and being good at your job and caring is what runs the whole, the whole operation. That's what makes the machine go. Not to get too mushy. I love it. I love it. I think you're doing a great job keeping things balanced and in perspective. And I, I wish you the best of luck always, dude. Oh, buddy, I appreciate you, man. But yeah, anytime you need me, bro, I'm always here. You know All right, that. cool. Likewise, talk soon. Go do, go do law stuff. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Securitidal. Securitidal helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Securitidal, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.